From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse Jen Watson, star of Tornado Hunters Greg Johnson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser Bill Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast that's brought to you by Drive Weather App. You can find the safest time to leave as you plan your travel by viewing the weather along your trip with the Drive Weather App. It's available on iOS and Android, and you can learn more at driveweatherapp.com. Hey, guys, check out stormfrontfreaks.com. You can check out all these past episodes we've had. Uh, we've had guests like the Weather Channel's Jen Carfagno. We've had Storm Chaser. And recently, the Australian fire photographer, Daniel Shaw, he's had some great photos of what was going on down there. Uh, He's been a past guest, but tonight is episode 99. Yeah, can you believe I'm I'm getting giddy. It's like we're almost there, but we're not there quite yet. It's just the alcohol. But but it's episode 99, and here tonight to help us celebrate the 150th birthday of the National Weather Service, and I understand just had a birthday yesterday as well. We're excited to have back former meteorologist in charge at Buffalo and the Weather Channel winner expert Tom Nizzle is with us tonight. So welcome back, Tom. All right, Tom. we, uh, we, of course, will hit him up with our lightning round, uh, and we're also, also going to have some hashtag weather fools, WX resources, and much more. So stay tuned to it for, for a great show. But before we get to all of that, I want to share with you, and we've been talking a little bit about this, uh, obviously, episode 100 is just a couple weeks away. I mean, this it, 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 we've been doing this for four years, guys. Really? And and because we're a bi-weekly show, I mean, it's amazing that it's only 99, to be honest with you. But uh, our 100th episode, we are all getting together live in Oklahoma City. We're going to be at the Vanessa Beer Company fitting, correct? Sweet. Uh, this is going to be Friday, March 6th at 8 p.m. Central. But certainly come early. That's when we'll just start recording. But uh, we're going to have a great time. You can visit with us. You can meet the meteorologist and Oklahoma TV legend Gary England. I was going to be there. We're also going to have the WCM at the National Weather Service in Norman. Rick Smith is going to be stopping by and joining us. Uh, it's going to be an amazing live event. We're going to have, get this, special Stormfront Freaks Pale Ale beer is going to be tapped ah, nice. Friday night. Uh, we're going to have our own beer. And we have lots of giveaways, a lot more. And, and then make a weekend out of it. You can join us on Saturday the 7th at the Oklahoma City Penn Square Mall because they're having the Severe Weather Expo uh, at the mall, and you can check out all kinds of Mets from some of the local Oklahoma uh, City stations. You can see their first response vehicles, helicopters, and win lots of prizes there as well. So make a weather weekend out of it. Uh, We're going to have a great time. But let's find out who's here tonight. It's always happy hour uh, when we record. Tonight's no different. Um, so let's find out who's here. Uh, MJ is here. What What are you drinking, MJ? I am tonight. Uh, we're up northeast where everything swings with a uh, grain belt northeast. What? Right. what where everything swings? swings? I'm <laughs> swinging, baby. <laughs> what they say about yeah, how, baby. Even when it's not northeast. Cold? Man. <laughs> All right, Maz. Maz, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Hey, I have brought one of my favorites back. It is the Mount Carmel. Hibiscus blue bl- blue. Oh yeah, I've had some yeah, already. Blueberry yeah. blonde. Ooh. Say that five yeah. times fast. No, man. Sounds good. no, oh, it's so good. Does it mm. taste flowery? Is it like a hibiscus flower? I don't think I've ever eaten a hibiscus. So, <laughs> yeah. I, but it's good. I, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's over the fatheads too. And, I like it. And and we've got Kim Cunningham is in Cincinnati this evening. Kim, what are you drinking? I am. I have a glass of red wine. So that's what I'm having. My apothic red. Perfect. So, You're perfect. in Cincy? I am. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm up here. I'm picking my mom up, and uh, we're going down to Florida. Um, I've got some work down there and uh, taking her down there for a couple of days. So, That's you know, awesome. we're driving. Yeah, cool. All fun. right, Mr. Greg, 
up in Canada. What you drinking tonight, sir? Well, you know why break with tradition? I'm of uh, I'm drinking uh, whiskey with some diet coke tonight, and uh, uh, this cool cup. I don't know if you can see that. It says Tech Shop on there. I, I actually uh, made this mug at a place called Tech Shop in uh, Detroit a few years back. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they give a uh, uh, budding entrepreneurs a, a chance chance to try out things like 3D printers and and uh, do glass blowing. Yeah, build prototypes of, of new products and things like that. So it's a cool spot. If you ever uh, check out Tech Shop, and it's, you, you uh, made that cool mug. Spot. Yeah, yeah, I made the mug. Yeah, with some glass. Would you blow the glass, yeah. or how'd you make they, the mug? They uh, they have a process that you go through, and then you sandblast the logo onto it, and huh. yeah, wow. it's pretty cool. Cool. All right, so you didn't you didn't do any glass blowing, is what you're saying? I, no, I didn't do any. Right. I don't just just I, wanted to I, check. There's a joke in there about yeah, uh, but I don't want to touch <laughs> it. Really, there's not. I was just curious if you're actually blowing <laughs> glass, hot glass, or not. But anyway. Ooh. Uh, Kim, it's all yours. You got it's all mine. Okay. Uh, hey, by the way, do I? Uh, can I jump in and? Yeah, absolutely. Are you drinking all something right. with us, Tom? Okay, so uh, this is a Grimbergen. There, you got it right there. Grimbergen. Grimbergen. That is a, uh, it's a really good German beer. Uh, my brother's a beer aficionado. I'm not, but I like to drink it. And uh, as soon as we get done here, I'm popping that one open. So I'll be. Why ready. are you waiting? Nice. Yeah, you well, can drink I, now. There's a little professional presence here oh. as well. <laughs> oh, come on. Not with that. Clearly, you've never seen yeah. this podcast. <laughs> it's like 45 yeah. seconds in, that went out. So, and yeah. clearly, he forgets that I used to work with Tom, and uh, I know better. Yeah. There was some dirt. I am so excited to introduce Tom Nizzle. All right. So as everybody probably knows, he was the winter weather expert at the Weather Channel from 2012 to 2019. I had the pleasure of working with Tom. Um, not enough just together, but, you know, at the same place. And so many people love Tom and I'm sure they're, they're hurting because you're not there anymore. Um, prior to that, he spent 32 years of his life at the National Weather Service. That's a long time. Mm. First as a forecaster, then science and operations officer, and finally the meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service office in Buffalo, New York. He received a BS of Meteorology from SUNY Oswego in 1977. And Tom, it's just so great to see you. It's been a long time. I'm very excited to see you here today. Um, we mentioned the 150th anniversary of the National Weather Service. Now, we understand that you've done a lot of research and a lot of history looking into um, the history behind it. And and actually, Buffalo was one of the originals. Is that right? Yeah, the Buffalo office was one of the original 24 offices in the U.S. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating. February 9th, Ulysses S. Grant in 1870 signed the proclamation that actually began the first national weather service in the United States. And so I did some calculating. Man, I must be getting old. I've been <laughs> in the National Weather Service for about one-fifth of their entire history. And so uh, uh, there's a there's a connection to the beginnings of the Weather Service and Buffalo, New York. And being there for that many years, uh, our office was actually named after the first uh, director of the National, that National Weather Service, not called that at the time, uh, General Albert Meyer. So yeah, the history of weather in the United States, of course, goes back all the way to our founding fathers and, and, and before that in some ways. But, um, you, you know, Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin, two of my favorites, were both weather observers. These guys, mm. they lived the weather. It was an agrarian society back then. So in the, uh, in the, the 1700s, Jefferson took weather observations on a daily basis. He brought together friends from the area to put together the first observation network in the Virginia area. And to this day, the biggest award that is given to the cooperative weather observers, the volunteers in the U.S. Uh, that provide that information to the National Weather Service, uh, that award is called the Jeffersonian Award. Hmm. Uh, so that was back then. Ben Franklin, you all know he did a lot of things, didn't he? He invented a lot of things. Um, uh, he was an amazing Renaissance man as well. But did you know that Franklin was the first one to actually chart the Gulf Stream? So we've got some pretty interesting characters uh, way back when. Uh, but the history of the Weather Service built 
uh, through the early 1800s and up to that 1870 time frame. And it was fascinating to see how that progressed. Was it um, mainly, I guess, because of like the military needing this? Is that where or why it really got its start? Well, it's interesting because they're going into the early 1800s as the U.S. expanded westward. Uh, they wanted to get as much scientific information as well. Uh, Journey of Discovery, you know, Lewis and Clark, and all of that. So as the military expanded westward they began to take scientific observations. And of course, the scientist in all military installations uh, going out into the prairies and that was the surgeon, right? The doctor, the surgeon. And so they took the observations and those observations once a day were eventually compiled back at the Smithsonian. A guy by the name of Joseph Priestley, who was in charge of the Smithsonian back through the 1830s into the 1840s, they would gather this information, but it was woefully slow to try to get this data um, back to a facility like that and then study it. And then there was this huge advance in communications. In the 1840s, the telegraph came into operation. Man, once the telegraph hit the, the streets, right, and hit the, the paths and, and that, um, you were able then to transmit information in a very quick way to a central location. And as they began to then record these weather observations and get them and put them down onto maps in the Smithsonian, they began to see these patterns that were developing. They began to understand the weather. And they also began to understand that what happened in Chicago yesterday ended up in Detroit today. There was a pretty good chance that tomorrow might end up in Buffalo because the weather, for the most part, in the mid-latitudes across the United States moves from west to east. So they're starting to piece together all this information. And I wrote an article just uh, a, a couple of weeks ago on weather.com on the history of the, of the National Weather Service. And I chose four individuals, four cogs in this wheel that really made uh, the Weather Service happen. The first guy, his name was Increase Latham. This guy was another Renaissance man, a scientist, a geologist uh, in Wisconsin, and uh he was, he was just amazing. He, was, he dabbled in all kinds of sciences. He worked on the Erie Canal, by the way, in upstate New York before he moved out to Wisconsin. But what he found was fascinating. He kept reading these newspaper articles. Now think about Wisconsin, Milwaukee, these areas on the Great Lakes. Back in the 1860s, as the Civil War wound down and we got back to commerce and industry and the country was getting back on its feet, the railroads really hadn't expanded too much into the West. And so a lot of the commerce, a lot of the passenger uh, travel across the Great Lakes in particular was done by ship, ships on the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. And ships on the Great Lakes without a weather forecast were extremely vulnerable to those storms that would come up uh, so quickly in that, in that uh, area. During the 1868 and 1869 timeframe, two years, there were over 1,000 fatalities on the Great Lakes due to shipwrecks. And most of those shipwrecks uh, were due to storms. So it's just an amazing statistic there. And, and this guy, Latham, you know, he's reading this information and he's now understanding that we're able to now get an idea of these storms coming from west to east by these weather observations that are being taken. So he sends a letter to his congressman second cog in the wheel, a guy by the name of Halbert Payne. He was a congressman out of Milwaukee and explained There's all There's a Wisconsin this. connection here, Tom. <laughs> yes, definite Wisconsin wow. connection. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Albert or Halbert Payne ends up putting together a resolution that he takes to Congress because of all these fatalities to begin a national weather service to provide mm. the uh, ability to take observations and possibly even predict storms on the Great Lakes. And uh, on February 9th, 1870, Ulysses S. Grant signed the proclamation, and we ended up uh, with this weather surface. But it had to be, you know, you're taking the scientific data, it has to be brought into a central location, it has to be uh, plotted up. The guys and gals, guys mainly back then taking those observations, uh, had to really really toe the line. And so this became a military-like operation. 
And the guy that headed up the Weather Service to begin with is a guy by the name of General Albert J. Meyer. Uh, he was uh, actually developed the flag system called the Wigwag Signaling System during the Civil War. And he was really, really an astute scientist as well as uh, a medical uh, doctor. And Meyer was able to bring together this military precision and this military work ethic to develop these 24 forecast offices in the 1870s. So when was, because you were talking about the Great Lakes before, when was the Edmund Fitzgerald? When was that? Uh, so that was November of 1975. And, you know, that was the largest ship on the Great Lakes. And that, that unfortunately, that went down with a tremendous loss of life in one of those uh, tremendous Great Lakes storms. And, and uh, so it's, it's understandable the loss of life that occurred on the Great Lakes because of, of uh, what was happening. So... They get the so 1870s now come along. They they get these 24 forecast offices. They're able to transmit this data, get this information, and now we bring the fourth cog in a wheel. This guy was uh, his name was Cleveland Abbey, and he was a scientist that uh, uh, hailed out of Cincinnati. He was in charge of their, I believe it was their uh, observatory in Cincinnati at the time, but. He was an amazing scientist. This guy was, he dabbled in all sorts of science and he really understood the science of weather back at that time of meteorology. Abby came into this National Weather Service uh, uh, in the late 1870s. Meyer brought him in to provide the science and the training to all of these officers that were stationed uh, at these 24 offices across mainly the Great Lakes region in the Northeast. And Abby brought the latest in scientific principles, uh, uh, the latest in, in physics and thermodynamics that was being developed during that time frame to these observers who had to study and take coursework as they worked in these offices. It was really something to, uh, to read about, really something to see at that time. And here's, here's my question, Tom. I mean, it's no secret that all of us have very short-term memories uh, what happened this week is the biggest news story going, whether it's weather or news or anything like that. And we forget about the history. But if you were to look back in the 150 year history of the National Weather Service, taking into account, you know, the, the sort of re bias towards recent events, what would be if you had like a top three weather stories from the last 150 years? That's a big question. I know maybe maybe pick one, but. What would be the, the biggest thing that happened over that period of time? Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's so many, right? I mean, it, it, from a historical standpoint, I think one of the biggest certainly was the Galveston hurricane. Isaac Klein, uh, what happened back in 1906, um, tremendous loss of life, uh, again, with an infant weather agency that certainly could take weather observations across the land areas of the United States, but knew next to nothing about what was coming in off the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, that, you know, that probably to me was one of the biggest, uh, biggest catastrophes, uh, certainly. As you move uh, through the decades going through the early 19th uh, or 20th century, uh, some of the massive tornadoes that occurred, the tri-state tornado, um, a type of severe weather, again, tremendous loss of life there. Uh, several flood events, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, two significant major uh, events that produced uh, tremendous fatality. Uh, the big Thompson Canyon flood uh, outside of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, you know, now we're going into the 70s and, and a time frame when you think that, man, we got it all covered now. We don't have any, any worries here because we're able to predict this. Well, well, we're not, especially severe types of weather, um, oftentimes on the, the time scale and, and the spatial scales that they develop can still produce tremendous catastrophic impacts if everything comes together in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I often find that uh, with, with weather catastrophes. You know, every one of these little factors can come together and produce some type of impact. But if you bring them together in the wrong place at the wrong time, the whole is much greater than the sum of the parts. And, and that's what produces the catastrophes. Um, and we can write, uh, run uh, right up to Katrina, uh, you know, in, in uh, one of our most recent uh, catastrophic events. And, 
even un unfortunately, you know, just uh, uh, a, a year or so ago, um, two years ago, Michael um, coming into the Gulf Coast, uh, that hurricane as well. So, uh, and it's, it's a long happen. list. It's a long yeah, list. It's, right? it's, a, it's long. a very, it's a very long <laughs> list. Tom, one, one quick question before we had to break, but is, is there anything that you're aware of in the history of the National Weather Service where they delved into something and then we're like, yeah, that's not really our scope. Let's get back out of that and not do that or give it to somebody else. Or is there something they're doing now that's maybe not within the scope of what the original design of the National Weather Service was? Well, I, I, I think there's a beginning probably in the 1980s in the Weather Service with the advent of bringing a science officer into those offices uh, the ability to conduct on-station research and really infuse even more of the technology and science quickly into National Weather Service offices was huge for them. It's not something that was done uh, in the decades leading up to that. So I think that was a really important factor. One other thing, by the way, that the Weather Service really is uh, doing well these days, and this is part of their mission to protect lives and property, is decision support being able to communicate with emergency managers and local officials as to what the impacts of this type of weather are going to be. Everybody gets a forecast, but the impacts can be extremely important. And knowing those and communicating with weather service offices is uh, that that's part of the prime mission. Good, good. We'll talk about impactful weather, you know, with the winter weather still threatening right now and, and people are starting to plan their spring trips, whether RV trips, motorcycle trips. Mm -hmm. I need to tell you guys about the Drive Weather app. Uh, and I know, Kim, you guys do lots of uh, mm -hmm. motorcycle, some motorcycle trips, things like that. I, you yeah. know, when, when I would go on long trips, especially in the winter, uh, but even when it was cross-country, spring, summer, things like that, I would, what I would do, and Tom, you would appreciate this, I would look up each of the National Weather Service websites on my path to where I was going and I would pull up their hourly forecast to see when I was driving through that area, what was the weather going to be like? What could I expect when I was going through uh, their territory? And, and what's great about the Drive Weather app is it's taken care of all of that now for me. With the slide of a timeline at the bottom, I can see when the weather will be uh, in my favor along my route when I get there. So it'll show me what the weather's going to be when I'm getting to that location on my trip, which is, is huge. Yeah. The, the Drive Weather app, it's on iOS and Android. You can get a free version that will show you the forecast for the next two days, uh, and it will give you city-to-city -city routing. But for just a $9.99 a year subscription, you get the next seven days forecast and you get address to address routing as well. Uh, it'll show you wind speed, precipitation, precipitation type. So you can decide that, hey, maybe leaving at 7 a.m. today is not best because I might hit something when I'm in New York. It might be better if I wait till 10 a.m. to leave because it'll be gone by then. That's what's great about this app. You got to find out more. Go to driveweatherapp.com. So, hey, let's get another drink. We're going to take a break. And uh, we'll be right back with Tom and, of course, play the good old lightning round. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freaks podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code PODCAST at checkout. Listen for a new code each episode. That code again is PODCAST. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So we're with Tom Nizzle, former MIC at the National Weather Service in Buffalo, uh, but also recently retired uh, from the Weather Channel as the winter weather expert. So, Tom, uh, I think your retirement is rather short so far, if I'm correct. But I, I want to know a little bit, uh, what, what, why was the timing right for you? And, and then tell me why Tennessee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's a guy from Buffalo, New York, uh, spent a few years in Atlanta, ended up in eastern Tennessee, 
about a mile from the Appalachian Trail, by the way. Uh, it was time to play. You know, I, I had an old timer who retired. I remember a number of years ago, I talked to him and asked him why he retired. He said, Tom, he said, I got this fishbowl here with all these marbles in it. And every year on my birthday, I take another marble out. And you know what? There's not many marbles left in there. So if you get a chance, get out and play. And uh, that's what I've decided to do. I've uh, moved to the mountains here. I love hiking. And I still, with the technology we have today, I'm directly connected to the weather all the time. So it's it's been a lot of fun. So what you're saying is you wanted to retire before you lost all your marbles? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and most of them are gone, as you can see. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I still keep busy. I, uh, I write for weather.com and weather underground. Um, I have a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I have this little hobby in the wintertime. I try to fo photograph snowflakes. Now it's been a little challenge this year, even in the mountains of Tennessee, but um, uh, that keeps me busy as well. So, and listening to a lot of mountain music up here too, which is good. <laughs> You're about 3,400 feet. Is that right? Where you are? We're 3,700 feet okay. here. So, um, you know, it's it's just high enough here to get four distinct seasons. And, and in fact, the seasons at 3,700 feet here are similar to where I was in upstate New York. Hmm. Cool. That's very cool. So you were 32 years in the National Weather Service? Yeah. Yeah. All in Buffalo. <laughs> so when you, when you were, what do they give you? Like a car, a pin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at 32 wow. years, you get a little pin about that big that you put on your lapel sure. and, and, uh, and a thank you. And, um, you know, you're a civil servant, but yeah. you're, you're playing with the weather on a daily basis. I mean, how can it get any better than that? Uh, it, it was wonderful. And I got to operate in this little natural laboratory in the great lakes uh, with all kinds of amazing yeah. weather. Uh, you know, least of which was, uh, Lake effect snow, which oh, I, sure. I I just love. Oh, yeah, just and you were instrumental in writing a program, right, to actually forecast, you know, lake effect snow. Yeah, we uh, we had a, a great time there. I, I I collaborated with a guy by the name of Ed Mahoney. Uh, some of you may know him. He's in charge of the Warning Decision Training Branch in the in out in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. When he was in Buffalo, uh, the two of us developed a program called Buff Kit, which was essentially a forecast tool. Uh, developed by forecasters for forecasters in an operational environment. And uh, it's still in use in forecast offices across the U.S. and Canada these days. So, uh, yeah, just fun. I mean, uh, you know, where else can you come to work every day? And you, you get a different type of weather on a daily basis, a different uh, problem that you have to solve. And um, uh, you, you're just enjoying what you're doing. So that, that was great. I'll tell you what, there was a little challenge going from local weather to having to cover weather on a national scale as a, an expert. Um, any given day at the Weather Channel, I'd be looking at snowstorms coming into the West Coast, a Colorado low developing, producing snow there, blizzard conditions in the Dakotas, lake effect snow, and the development of a nor'easter after an ice event occurs in the Southeast. Right, Kim? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah. So. It was a challenge. 1993, the big uh, storm yeah. of the century. Um, I was at the other end of Lake Ontario in Messina, New York, oh, yeah. and uh, got stuck, uh, spent a couple days there, couldn't get out because the, the, the snow was up over the, the roof, uh, the soffits and stuff. Uh, what was your experience at that event? That must have been a big one for your office. Well, it was, uh, it was a big event from the snow side and the wind side as well. And, and by the way, for those, you know, who, who don't remember the, the uh, superstorm of 1993, what month did that occur in, everybody? March. Uh, yeah, we, I would say, yeah, March, March or April. 13th. March, yeah, 13th. March, yeah. So don't be writing off winter yet because these, uh, these storms in March can be, can be real doozies. Uh, well, heck, it was a... a Two three years back, we had four significant nor'easters develop during the March timeframe, mm -hmm. and you know we're 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 still staying in a positive AO status right now uh, as as we go through the next few weeks. But there's an interesting little feature that could be coming through toward the end of February. We'll have to watch for uh, winter weather as well. But yeah, these you know that '93 storm was absolutely amazing. Yeah, 
It yeah, was. it was amazing. I, I it was a, it was a, it was certainly one I'll never forget uh, where I was and who I was with and all that kind of stuff. It was amazing. So being in Buffalo, what was the biggest one for you? What's the one you're just like, oh, we got you know, 93 the, feet, you know? That, well, the biggest snow event I had when I worked there was back in the, it was Christmas 2000 or 2001, the Christmas week. Uh, the city of Buffalo picked up 82 inches during that week. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, even, even for Buffalo, it was significant. What was amazing is the kids were all on Christmas break. So there wasn't as big an impact because there wasn't a lot of traffic on our roads. But the big problem, Buffalo's a old northeastern city, small city streets. There was nowhere to put the snow. I mean, they had to bring in front end loaders uh, for a couple of weeks to actually come in and remove that snow because you can't shovel 82 inches of snow when you're in these houses in the city that are so close together. So that was a that was an amazing event there. Um, and been tremendous events off of Lake Ontario. I think it was back in 2007. It was about a seven or eight day event where uh, the, uh, a town by the name of Redfield, New York, right in that Tug Hill area off of Lake Ontario, picked up 147 inches of snow. So yeah, that, it's, it's sick, isn't it? That is sick. Yeah. I have a question, Tom. This is talking about lake effect snow. What, um, when did they realize or how did they realize, and I'm sure it was before your time, but that there was lake effect snow. I mean, was it because of satellite radar? Did they realize it was because of the lake? Yeah, they were able, even back into the teens and the 1920s, there were forecasters who uh, understood that when the wind was a certain direction and the air was cold, that you would get these narrow areas of snow that would come down. And then as they worked through the 30s and 40s, they began to get a better understanding when we finally began to get upper air data. But heck, I remember, here we go, I'm so old that... Um, when I first started in the weather service, we were working with computer models that didn't even see the Great Lakes. Um, wow. A model called the LFM model, which yeah. was an operational model too. of the day, right? Yeah. It yeah. didn't even have grid points over the Great Lakes. And wow. so it didn't see them. What was fascinating about that is we could beat the model every single time <laughs> in predicting lake effect snow and we actually could beat our chest on that because we developed forecast rules of thumb at the time and an understanding when certain conditions would develop, how these snow bands would set up. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't that long ago in my lifetime, certainly, but um, I remember the first couple of papers I pub published uh, at the end of those papers, it was like future research or future work. And I kept talking about the fact that my gosh, I can't wait till we get high resolution models that can see the Great Lakes. And wow, we're there now. It's amazing to see what these models can do as far as delineating where these snow bands can develop. Yeah, they used to call it the limited fine mesh. We should have been called right. the very limited fine mesh. <laughs> yes. And That's I heard right. Noah just gave what, half a billion dollars for um, more, I guess, to upgrade the computer models. I just heard that today. Is that right? Yes. Did you hear about really? it? Yeah. Um, now that was from where, Kim? Noah, I, I saw it on Twitter um, from, I guess it was from Noah, that they just gave a, I thought it was half a billion dollars to upgrade our computers, our forecasting uh, models to get I, us I, in, you know, to compete with the Euro. Well, not only in, 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 in the best sense of the word, compete um, with the European modeling um <clears throat> By the way, the Canadian modeling uh, system is making strides. It continues to make strides. There's a tremendous amount of money that's being pumped into modeling systems around the world right now. And our nation, because there is so much that has to be done in this nation to support our nation in so many different ways, oftentimes some of the sciences will suffer. And we continue to fall farther and farther behind in uh, many of the computer applications and the modeling efforts that are being made in daily weather forecasting. And uh, so if this news has come out, this is amazing news. And I hope, I hope that our president and uh, our, our politicians will be able to continue to support and advance in research so that we'll, we'll be able to stay at the top of our game and in providing safety to the nation. 
Yeah, that was great news. Great news today. Hey, hey, yeah. Tom, quick question for you uh, before we keep moving on. Last time we had you on, we talked a little bit about a fact. One of your hobbies was f- photographing snowflakes. <laughs> yes. And my understanding is you're, you're still doing that. Oh, I, you know, um, coming from Buffalo, I mean, growing up, uh, you, you lived with the snow. You saw the snowflakes every day. And uh, uh, I really took a fancy to them. And when I got my first camera, I, I read about a guy by the name of Wilson Bentley in Jericho, Vermont, who lived in the late 1800s, who photographed snowflakes with a camera and a microscope. And so that's what I started doing. And um, I, I'm having a riot doing it. And anybody can do it. My gosh, get yourself a uh, uh, there, there's an example right there. There's uh, a few snowflake photographs I took uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, those are snow crystals. And that background right there is actually the uh, threads from my fleece jacket, my black what? fleece jacket. So it gives you an idea of the uh, how much I've zoomed in to actually take those photographs. So, Dude, dry cleaning, dry cleaning. <laughs> that's, that's what we need, isn't it? Um <laughs> And, and uh, every flake is different. Uh, every snow crystal is different because they take a different path coming down uh, out of the clouds down to earth. But um, there's a guy by the name of Ken Liebrich, Dr. Uh, Kenneth Liebrich at Cal State. He's a nuclear physicist, and he has actually, uh, for the last few years, worked in the lab and in, in making designer snowflakes. And if they can uh, actually control the conditions in the lab, you can make a snowflake that has a twin, an exact twin to it. It's really fascinating to see. Go to a site called snowcrystals.com. And uh, if you're interested in snowflake photography, and it, that's going to blow you away. It's amazing what this guy is doing. Oh, hey, that's the sound. It is time. Thunder uh, snow. That's our time for the lightning round. So, Tom, if you remember, this is our game show of flashy questions that we always play with our guests and we invite everybody else to play along. Tonight we're going to play, I'm, I'm calling this baby Clue. Yep, I'm calling it Clue. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so this is going to be popular movies about winter. Oh. Popular movies ah. about winter. Right. Yeah, you, you probably wanted me to stick with the Muppets theme, I bet. Yeah, I, I would have been good with that. Okay. Yeah. So popular movies about winter. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, so, Tom, you have to switch out of the private chat. If you can see on the right-hand side, it says private chat. you got to switch it over to live comments. Uh, we'll, we'll let our listeners maybe help you out a little bit on this. But um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to type in the name of a movie so that our freaks can see the name of the movie in their private chat. And then I'm going to go around the horn, and each one is going to can come up with a short little clue about Ooh. that movie Ooh. without saying the movie name. So you can't say the name of the movie, but you can give a quick, quick little clue. You can't tell a story about it, but you can give a quick little clue. And, Tom, it's up to you, whether it's after the first clue, the second clue, the third, or the fourth clue, to try and come up with the name of the movie. You with me on that? I'm clueless. Your, your, your pin size gets smaller too. With so, so these are all movies that have to do with winter. Does that make sense? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off. I'm going to put the first movie up on the board, and I'm going to start with Greg. Greg, give Tom a quick little clue about this movie. See if you can guess. There's no chance you or I have ever watched this movie <laughs> Ever, Tom. Guaranteed. Okay, well, that, that was a great clue. I'm going to move on. To it Ma- down. Okay. <laughs> Maz, Maz, give a clue about this movie. So, do you want to build a snowman? Hmm, good. Uh, no guess yet. Okay, Kim, oh, Kim uh, give another uh, clue. Disney oh. movie? Disney. Disney movie. Uh, Olaf's in it. In, Recent. Uh, Okay, Kim, give, give him another, give him a good clue. Um, how recent, about, how about yeah. I got it frozen? Yeah. yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Okay, I'm gonna, gonna, hey, Tom, have you seen it? Uh, I saw part of it. Just, oh, yeah. damn, I was wrong. My okay, my clue was bad then. <laughs> All right, next, next, uh, next movie is on the board, and I'm mm. gonna start with uh, MJ. If you know, if you remember what this movie is, can you give a quick little clue? I, I do. 
Um, New York City. New York City has to do with winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Gre- City and winter. Greg, Greg, got a clue? Giant snow hurricanes. Giant snow hurricanes. New York City, winter. Okay. Maz? Saturday. Oh! Home Alone. <laughs> what? What was that? Home Alone. Stress again. Saturday. No. no. That's not Kim. Kim, give him one more shot. Saturday is the day after tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Greg got it. He gave it to you. Okay. Good. Okay. Good enough. So here, here I'm doing. Typing the next one up is on the board. Kim, I'm going to start with you. Give Give Tom a clue about this winter movie. Jack Nicholson. Okay. Oh, um, Estes Park. M- MJ? Here's Johnny. MJ. Oh, that was mine. That's Here's two Johnny. clues, Cam. Here's Johnny. That was my You're clue. Cheating. Such a clue hog. Red rum. Red rum. Red rum. Red rum. Okay. I, I, I've got the location. I've got Mass? Nicholson. Uh, the Mass, go ahead. The Shining. The Shining. Yeah, there you That's go. it, baby. Okay. That's I it. knew he'd get it. That's okay. Here we go. Next one is coming up on the board. Now, Kim, uh, Maz, I'm going to start with you on this one. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry for that one. Okay, get, give Tom a clue about this winter film. Woolly Mammoths. Okay, good. Kim, one. One clue. Penguins? Pen, penguins. Oh, okay, so it's a, it's a Disney movie. I think peng, <laughs> Penguins, I think, is off on that one. She's thinking of <laughs> it. Yeah, I think, I think MJ, MJ. <laughs> yeah, well, what Greg with the Woolly Mammoths. But the Woolly Mammoths cartoon. Sloth. 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 Greg, Greg, you're jumping in. He's just worried he's going to get cut off. His internet's going to shut him down. I think. <laughs> Maybe I, gotta, I don't know. His the, our online folks are trying to help you out, Tom. I'm okay, sure how about um, how about Happy Feet? Now oh, I'll, I'll say this: oh, Had you listened Kim. to Kim, had you, you listened to Kim, Kim. I would say yes. But the answer is Ice Age. Yeah, Ice Age. Was there All even right. penguins in Ice Age? That's no, Madagascar. That's why I said she, yeah. she so was off. Kim, like you, <laughs> you, like Kim, that's like the meanest like thing March you could do. March of the Penguins or something. <laughs> well, you gave Kim. him the answer before, so I thought I did. All right, here so, we go. Ne- so next I got it. I just got Kim. How is that apothic red? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good. I need a refill, actually. Okay. It's delicious. There's snow, <laughs> and there's that's two clues. Oh no! Right, the next next movie. Next movie is up. Maz. I'll start with you. I'm terrible. This is okay. We're the fighting Sioux of. Okay. Kim. No. North Dakota. Okay. Wood chipper. Wood Fargo. What? Fargo. I missed your accent there. <laughs> Are we the Fighting Sioux of North Dakota? You? Yeah. Oh no, they had to no, change their no, name, didn't the, they? No, that's in Grand Forks, sir. Oh, uh, Fargo uh, is the Bison. Uh, yeah, Grand, Grand Forks was the sequel. Didn't do so good. Okay. Madagascar. Not All right, so here, here we go. This is the last one. Right. Oh, thank God. Last, last <laughs> one. And and Greg, you got to shut the hell up until I call your name, buddy. Jumping in, I'm like, what the. Whoa. Dude. Well, just to be just to be clear, just to be clear, I didn't give him the answer. Fifty. There's a time zone change for him. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, so here's what I'll do. So here, movies up, Greg. I'll Can let we start you start with me this time. Yeah, I'll start okay. with you yeah, and then go. shut up. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> go. Wait, I didn't see the name. Go. Yeah, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, there you go. Same movie. Oh yeah, it's up. Oh. Greg, you got uh, one clue. Winter movie. Fishing in Minnesota. Okay, that's a good clue. Uh, Maz, Maz, go ahead. Walter Matthau. Good. MJ, you got one? Uh, elderly unhappy folks. Grumpy <laughs> old men. Wow! I, that's, that's was me. it Minnesota? Was it, it Minnesota? Was. It, yes, it was. Very good. Like Tom, well fishing. done. Well done. So the, the, you actually did pretty good for being concerned about winter weather movies. <laughs> I, I was kind of impressed with all that. Penguins. Yeah. All right. So, Tom, do me a favor. How can listeners yeah, find you on social media? And also, how can they see your snowflake photography? 
Yeah, okay. So snowflakes, if you go to Facebook, go to Mother Nature's Snowflakes. And I that's where I put my photos. You can find me just at Tom Nizzle on Facebook and at Tom Nizzle on Twitter. And uh, if you go to weather.com or Weather Underground, uh, I'll be on there once in a while penning out some nice articles. Probably in the next week, I'll be putting out an article on how to photograph snowflakes. Oh, can I, sweet. Can I ask him real quick? Tom, do you really believe no two snowflakes are alike? Well, I don't believe in aliens. Um, <laughs> I, 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 Wait I a minute. Them. Penguins. <laughs> I'll keep looking for you. All right. Okay. You, you All right. We'll tell you what. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take our final break. Uh, and, of course, coming up next are some unbelievable hashtag weather fools and WX resources. This is Jen Garfagna from the Weather Channel, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. All right. Hey, as Kim would say, time now for hashtag weather fools. <laughs> that hot and sexy part of the show. Right. So, hey, weather fools, where people are doing just some dumb stuff. That's probably just the best way to put it. Greg, Greggles, you got what, three of them tonight? Yeah. And I mean, they're all related. Uh, they're all to, related. To... <laughs> Must be Canada. They're all related to the storms that have been taking place. This uh, this big uh, weather bomb event that happened in the UK. And uh, so I'm, I've got a couple from uh, Storm Dennis and one from Storm Sierra. Are you showing it? Oh, okay, I everyone. See it. I see all it. right, all right. Let me. Let me You're on. Here we go. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is a oh. uh, A380 landing, and it's doing what's called crabbing, where it it's coming down the runway, coming My to God. approach. He's oh, he's sideways. He's, oh no, he's gonna turn. Oh, oh, could you so, imagine being on that plane right now? No, that, and oh. that's where the weather fools part of this comes in. It's like I get it that they can land that plane, but come on, come yeah, that, on. That's like, when the that's, stewardess says, "I told you, turn off the electronics." And and this next one is from Storm Sierra, oh, and, and on this one you're actually seeing an A380, an Emirates A380, but it's now taking off from Birmingham in a strong crosswind you'll uh this one is hard oh, see, stopping. i haven't seen one taken off i've all I've this seen is them all this landing. is hard stopping uh and he's going up and he's turning oh, into it right that. now it's just like sideways. i just can't even it's imagine like swimming being against on that a current it's just crazy you're having to totally swim in the opposite direction just to go straight yeah, and so I mean, again, I I understand wow. that the pilots train for that stuff, but yeah, I would sure. not Kudos want to be to on them, that airplane. Yeah, yeah, weather fools are the people on the. <laughs> I got I got to tell you, the, the, I had a flight yeah. that landed like almost like that once. It was an Air Canada flight actually, but it was landing in Minneapolis, and it was nuts. So oh, I like I, 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 I'm I'm quite happy. I'm a fair weather flyer. Anyway, uh, we we this, shared. Hey, Greg, we did share on our uh, Stormfront Freaks Twitter account a video today of a passenger on the on a plane like that uh taking video of everybody kind of screaming and freaking out and in the background you hear (laughs) 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 phil i i saw saw that on twitter and i liked it and i had to laugh i was because i knew what i was going to be presenting tonight um this third one is also from storm sierra and this was the first of the two. There was Sierra and then Dennis came through. And in, in this one, the, the big story in Sierra was the waves and, the, and and some of the imagery that came out of the waves was amazing. But what makes this a weather fool is this guy was trying to Uh-oh. surf in it. Of Uh-oh. course. Oh, no. oh Lord. <laughs> in what? What's it? Where are the waves? Where, oh, where, my God. Where's the break? There you go. There's the break right You're on out. top of him. Oh, is, is he going out or is he trying to get back in? Because oh, no. I, I, I don't know what he's trying to do, but he does have feet. a surfboard with him. As I say, I tell you, he's going out, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, quickly. Now the no, other thing that makes this 
the other thing that makes this incredibly foolish, guys, is this is the North Atlantic. We're, we're not talking about Maui. We're not talking about, you know, the Caribbean. So this is the, the North Atlantic. And I can only imagine how cold that water is. But uh, uh, surfing's probably a lot of fun. But that guy's an idiot. <laughs> Beach boys weren't good. singing about the Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. All right, Phil, you, how many you got? Uh, I've got four, so I'm going to just kind of rattle them off right. one one at a time. So we're on uh, Storm Sierra. This, of course, was also Storm Sierra. And these were some golfers that decided, uh, let's let's hit the links. What the heck? Might be a little windy. And there goes his, golf, his uh, little golf bag on wheels. Goes flying down, and then he trips over the umbrella on his way to stop his golf clubs. Whoa, that's Phil, fun. that's got to be a setup. That's a good one. It, it could be. It looks a little... <laughs> But I don't know about the trip. Like when he trips over that, I don't know that that's a. Setup. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> so that was that was a whoops on that one. All right, next one. We've got another uh, horrible contractor that I want to share with you. So this now this one goes back to Hurricane Harvey. Uh, there was a contractor. If if the website decides to pull up here that uh, pled guilty for stealing from Hurricane Harvey victims. So this is a contractor, went in, said, hey, we'll, we'll repair your home, we'll repair whatever. Uh, he stole $180,000 from 26 Hurricane Harvey victims. Wow. Uh, basically took their money and left, never did any of the work, never came back. So it's just a reminder, if anybody is ever in a storm and has storm damage, hail damage, anything like that, don't just go with the the guy or the gal that shows up at your door the next day and says, "Hey, do you need help repairing? You know, we'll we'll put everything in with your insurance company, da 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 da. But go ahead and pay us this or that. Um, you know, check the the Better Business Bureau. Check with neighbors and and local folks that that would know uh, people that that can do that. Don't just go with the person that shows up. So boom. All right, BBC. Uh, we're talking Storm one, yeah. Dennis, uh, and the title on this one, BBC viewers, Kim, in hysterics over X-rated <laughs> Storm Dennis crazy. warning map in Wales. So <laughs> if you go through this article, this is from the Daily Star. There, uh, there is there a map <laughs> that looks a little I don't suggestive. Get it. Wait, I'm not seeing it yet. <laughs> I've never seen a map like that before. And what's funny is they call it the amber warning was unfortunately shaped like a penis. <laughs> uh, but there is, apparently in the UK it's called an amber warning but it's an amber looking penis on the map so they're, they're a little upset about that and then the last one is another video of course uh, this is from Tuscaloosa in their turn recent around. flooding they've had, had down south yep can't have turn a weather around. fool without a turnaround don't drown uh, yeah. image yep. and, and that, you can tell that water is like moving wow. too I mean there's some movement to that you can't see the road it's muddy water yeah. You know, who knows if he it, but, plows off into something. But you know, the guy filming this is really hoping this goes bad. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just yeah. like, hey, I want to get on Weather Fools. Let's go ahead and and uh, let's videotape you going across mm -hmm. that. And they did. So uh, yeah. so if you'd like to check out those links, and there's a couple of them, you absolutely have to click on those links. Go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, episode 99 in the show notes section, or you can even do it on your podcast app as well. Greg, what do you have? Hashtag well, I got, I got, I got hashtag weather resources, hashtag WX resources. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're slur, slur that a little bit. Uh, weather resources. Hey. <laughs> I'm down I to the tell bottom of the glass. Accent, oh. drink. Mm -hmm. So let's let's uh, let's start off with Kim. Kim, you had a, a weather resource for us. I do. And do you guys see it first of all before I start talking about it? Yeah. Is it yeah. There? Okay. Good. All right. So this is mountain-forecast.com. It looks um, so awesome. It is an awesome, <laughs> awesome website. And I found this because we were just up in North Carolina. Um, near Bryson city in a cabin. I was looking like the weather cause we were going to be up about 3,400 feet. And I thought, Oh, let's see if I can find something that talks about the weather in the mountains. And sure enough, I found this um, website and it's really cool because you can actually put the range and it's some of it's around the world. Um, you could put the sub range and also the mountain, if you know the name of the mountain in there and it'll take you there. So I did that and I'm going to 
hopefully you guys will see it. Do you see it? It yep. says Clangman's Dome. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is in the Great Smoky Mountain um, chain. And uh, and I went there because I, I thought, you know, this is actually a cool place if nobody's ever hiked this. This is a great place to hike. But the information I thought was really great on, wow, on going there because it gives you a day-by-day forecast. It gives you um, the wind speeds, but also gives you weather maps. So these are for people, I think, that are doing some serious hiking yeah. um, or even maybe just going up there for, you know, going to a cabin. But it gives you a little synopsis of the weather um, for zero to three days or three to six days out, um, telling you the temperature, um, maybe th- what the wind's going to be, if there's any kind of advisories. Um, but it also gives you the snow forecast. Um, but also by elevation, it tells you where the freezing level is. Mm. So depending on what you're hiking, if you're a hiker, you can look at this and see, okay, when I get to, um, let's say, eventually by um, Friday, we're going to see temperatures at 6,000 feet in the 30s. So it's a great way to look to see what elevation you're at to see what the temperature is going to be um, in that. Um, but also it gives you some weather stations around the area, um, um, some of the temperatures and the winds and things like that. And it does dis- have a disclosure, though, that, you know, of course, it's not perfect forecasting and that some areas you're going to be in, it's going to be a little more difficult. It has to have a disclosure to explain There's that. a disclosure, <laughs> yeah. yes. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty decent website. I mean, I haven't done a lot of search on it, but... I thought it was pretty good what Tom, I was looking for. Tom, did you know about that? You you, you would probably love that. Yeah, uh, I've actually used it a couple of times um, uh, for Roan Mountain here in Tennessee, uh, and it's great, Kim. Good. I'm glad you. I'm glad to have your approval on that. Awesome. Okay, that's what it. would uh, what would Franklin have thought um, all those years ago uh, with all that technology, Tom? Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine any of them thinking uh, all of this technology? That we're using right now. Wow, it 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 would be great. Yeah, uh, Phil, I think you had a weather resource as well. I do. So this one uh, is from Twitter, and this is a video uh, from Bob Kit. This was actually shared with us from SWX Clicks. So thank you there for that. But this is actually showing what apparently is called, and this is new to me, but it's called a jumping sun dog. So if you look right at the middle of the screen you will see a little sunlight. You see how that thing swing? It's like a little beam of sun that will sway back and forth, will jump in a different direction every once in a while. And what I initially thought this was maybe just the clouds moving and and the clouds moving was adjusting that refraction of the sunlight. Uh, Come to find out from our friends the tornado trackers it's called a jumping sun dog and it's from the lightning in this approaching thunderstorm really the lightning that electricity is basically realigning the ice crystals so every time there's a a lightning strike the ice crystals are quickly realigning because you see how it jerks that little Mm -hmm. sunbeam jerks uh and and that's what it's from it's from the lightning realigning uh these ice crystals and changing then the refra- that's what's changing the refraction of the oh, sunlight very cool it's not too like angel I, so I know pretty. the rabbit hole i'm going to be going down on google tonight yeah <laughs> so I, I think that's amazing i don't know kim or tom if you guys have ever seen that i've or, never seen it that's, that's uh, fascinating that's pretty wow. cool anybody else got any weather resources before i go into mine Tom, were you going to share one? Yeah, I do. I'm not sure if I can share my screen. Uh, uh, does that work for y'all? Yeah, we yeah. see Great Lakes there. Perfect. Yeah, so um, this is NASA's Worldview screen. These are polar orbiter satellites, and oh, it's flashing on me. Uh, and what this uh, allows us to do is it allows us to go around the world and to zoom in very closely to amazing features anywhere around the world using polar or- orbiter satellite. Uh, I love this site. Again, it's uh, NASA's Worldview site. And uh, if you get a chance, uh, go to that. And uh, you can spend all day just looking all is around Is it subscription-based, Tom, or is that a free site that anybody can access? This is all free, and you can go back on a daily basis, I believe, seven or eight years uh, wow. One thing I like to do is uh, oh, cool. I love to to look at lake effect snow around the world. So um, I oftentimes go over here into Japan and see what's going on uh, 
we can just click through here going back day by day mm. and get these views. There's a nice little storm there coming into the Japanese mm. islands. So it's a NASA's worldview site, and uh, that's my uh, resource for today. Greg, oh, it's what? free it's, unless you're in Canada. It is free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a tariff or something. Uh, whatever. There's a form you have to fill out to access Whatever. That. All right. Here, I'm going to – I'll end the uh, weather resources segment with uh, – uh, I've got uh, a pivotal weather up here. And one of the tools I love on pivotal weather, and as we move – into uh, upcoming storm season on the plains and, and in Dixie Alley here over the next uh, couple of months. Uh, one of the favorite tools that I like to use is the uh, uh, the forecast loop, where you can actually uh, take your cursor and you can actually roll. And in this case, I'm doing the 500 millibar 500 millibar winds and uh, uh, height, and just doing a, mm -hmm. a nice little Ooh. forecast loop taking you all the way out to 384 hours, which we all know 384 hours, uh, lock it in, real accurate. lock it in, lock <laughs> it in. Uh, but it is nice to be able to see, uh, what the forecast is showing for, uh, you know, for features that are coming up. And, uh, again, you can use this in any one of the tools, uh, 850 winds. You can do the same thing. You can use the forecast loop. So it's one of my favorite tools, uh, during storm season. Tom, is that the, is that the February thing you were talking about that's coming up? Uh, yes, it probably is the end of February. And by by the way, Pivotal Weather, that site's great. I believe they now have European model ECMWF forecast soundings. You you click anywhere on that map and you get a forecast sounding. It's, it's Oh, wow. I love Pivotal Weather. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. And again, uh they 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 you know, you can you can do this same forecast loop as well on any of the uh, parameters that you have uh, listed on on uh, Pivotal. So it's fantastic. Nice. Cool. Well, right you can now. catch, uh, I think we're going to be able to catch all those links. Uh, if you want to get links to those great WX resources, uh, again, just go to our episode 99 show notes. Uh, be on our website, uh, stormfrontfreaks.com, or a lot of times right on the, if you're listening on to us on your phone, uh, your podcast app will a lot of times have the... Uh, Show notes right there, and the links will be right there for you too. So, all right, let's uh, let's jump over and see if we can check our mail. drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right, MJ. All right, Freak Fan Box is uh, had a few things in it this uh, past couple of weeks. At the Funky Girl, get ready for this one. Uh, Storm chasing, I where like I learn name. about everything from <laughs> vaginal steaming. Thanks, <laughs> what? Uh, what? Thanks, tornado, Greg. Uh, to the Hawaii chair. <laughs> I could not. I couldn't stop laughing at the video. So I guess I really missed something last week. I don't know. That's the last episode. Thank you, funky girl. You know, that I, one. I saw that. I was like trying to remember when was Greg talking about. That? I don't remember that. I don't. I don't know. know. It seems like something I would talk show. about. Though. It does it sound near something. The end like, of the yes. show. It's probably yeah. his accent. They sound right. so different up there. So, yeah, that's not exactly that's not at all what he said um all right at gpb george says uh, at ginger z thank you great podcast uh she's terrific uh, so thanks george for checking in um our friend i think this is jay at turbulent skies says uh four hours in the studio today on the whip two of which were catching up on stormfront freak podcasts with a special appearance by trollbot 5,000 <laughs> interpreting Michael Binsky. Oh, she's a classic, man. Uh, she's that a is, favorite yes. now. Thanks for that. I know tonight we had a couple of our folks watching that were hoping for Trollbot 5,000 yeah. again. But Tom, well, you got it. You got to listen to an episode with, with weather Trollbot 5,000. I'll send no, you, you a link to one of them. No, you don't. Nah, yeah. Don't do it, Tom. Don't do it. I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. And then finally, at the dry line one says, if you haven't listened to the at Stormfront Freak podcast, tune in to the 100th episode. An excellent podcast. Definitely worth the listen. Thanks uh, a ton for the shout out, uh, dry line. Uh, and thanks for the 100th episode plug. And please check out stormfrontfreaks.com to fall to uh to find all of our past episodes and info about upcoming episodes that's the freak fan box for this uh, week 
and uh, and checks in the mail. Dryline just were they forecasting yes, our hundredth episode is going to be that good? Is that what they were saying? I think they forecasting, are. but it's but you good. know how the forecasts are. It's I'm not, not sure. kind of a crapshoot sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Shane made the comment that uh, there's the one to three day, there's the four to five day, and then there's Narnia. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's fantasy. You know, yeah. Hey, I'll, yeah, I will share this, Tom. That that was actually one of the uh, movies Narnia? on my list: The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, yeah. the Witch, and the Wardrobe as a yeah. winter movie. Let's do it. But I closet, scratched it. Closet. <laughs> yeah. That's sorry. Scary lady. Bad lion. Roaring big <laughs> cat. <laughs> okay, well, hey, I think that just about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening and watching. Uh, before I announce our next guest, which I've kind of already done, so I've, the cat's out of the bag there, but uh, we do want to tell you, hey, if you love what you're listening or watching, to uh, give us some great reviews, uh, whatever the app uh, is or the, the program is that you're watching or listening to us on. We love those. And if it's a written one, especially on like Apple Podcasts, things like that, we'll share that on our next show. Uh, and subscribe too. If, again, if you like this, hit the subscribe button. It just guarantees that when we issue the next show, uh, it'll show up right in your uh, podcast inbox so you can start listening. And of course, that's all free. Special thanks tonight to our guest, Tom Nizzle. Yeah. Tom, Tommy. thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. All right, Tom. The Nizzle Tom. stick. <laughs> uh, Tom, you're awesome, man. We, we got to get you back sooner. Uh, oh, I'd love time. to come back. Thank we'll you. Get, definitely get you back. But thank you so much for taking the time. And our next episode, we're going to be recording live on YouTube on a special day to celebrate our 100th episode and National Podcast, uh, National Weather Podcast Month. It's going to be on Friday, March 7th. Uh, so mark your calendar. It's going to be a day later than normal, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, so normal time. But we're all going to be live, well, most of us. Uh, we're all going to be uh, live together with you in Oklahoma City at the Vanessa House Beer Company. And our special guests include TV weather legend Gary England, and the WCM and Norman uh, Rick Smith. So uh, we're, we're going to be excited uh, about that. We hope you can join us. But if not, we will uh, try to record that uh, and broadcast that as well. It, it should but, be okay. It should be all right. Yeah, it should, it'll be fine. Yeah. Is there beer? Will there I'm, be beer? I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. forecast because own. of the beer, the Stormfront Freaks Pale Ale, I'm going to forecast that it's going to be a pretty damn good time. There you go. That's my forecast. But for MJ, Maz, Kim, Greg, and Tom, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. We'll catch you guys next time for our 100th. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.